One of the things that we'll be looking over is I've been taking my youth group to Acts, and I feel like it would make more sense to kind of keep going that direction. I'll kind of summarize what's been going on prior and then where, how we got to where we are now. So Acts 15, 36 through 41 will be our passage to start, and we'll probably transition into 16. So, but before we do all that, I believe this is time you can say you get crazy. You get crazy. So, all right. Daryl is the first. I got a couple, I guess. Um, first of all, I was up pretty much every hour on the hour. I heard you say that. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm building a car at work, uh, an old port car, having some trouble with the hydraulic clutch conversion kit. And I believe I fixed it in my sleep last night. Uh, I really have. <laughs> it's going to be, it'll be done Monday. I know what to do now. Yeah. Uh, so thank God for keeping me up all night with that. And um, everybody at my shop last week uh, had a day or two off for being sick. And uh, one day I was starting to feel it. And uh, wife gave me some emergency or whatever it was, Mm. vitamin C and a few other things. Thankfully, I I never really got it. I felt it like I was coming, but thank God I didn't. So... I was the only one out of the all five of us. Praise God to hear that you didn't catch it hard. The sickness has been going around seems to affect people in different ways. Uh, some people are like down and out for the full week, and I've seen others get up two days and they're good to go. I was envious. I was down for like eight days. I was oh, so so sick with my throat. That's officially to me the worst place you can get sick. I used to think it was like the nose congestion, but now. That sore throat where your voice is gone every time you swallow, eat, it's just so painful. It's like, nope, that's the worst. Nope, feels like a knife in your throat. All right, well, glad you're here, Daryl. Glad everything is going smooth. All right, uh, Jerry, you got your hand up. Yeah, I had a, uh, had a decent week at work, especially for being a short week. And praise the Lord for all the work you sent me. Uh, and also, I, I feel like I may be trying to understand something that the Lord's trying to teach me. Maybe my heart head's breaking over a little bit. Yeah, always feels nice when we finally come to that realization. <laughs> so, raise me. Yep. So, all right, Sherry. Sherry, you got your hand up. Yes. Uh, had a great holiday with my um, Cindy husband's family and everything. It was one of us and everything. And I guess to have soon-to-be in-laws that love you. <laughs> Don't treat you as an outsider. Yeah. It was real nice. And she's his mom is just wonderful. She's done a lot. Good. Yeah, that, that, really nice. that is a huge praise when you have when you could say your in laws like you, <laughs> and you and other vice versa, and you like your in laws. Yeah. yeah. Not everyone can say that. I've been really blessed with that on both sides. My in laws, uh, my in laws love me. I love them. And my parents tend to like Tabitha more than they like me, and so I think that all <laughs> seems to seems to work more. About his kids, they all start calling me now instead of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned my mom and Tabitha talk like every day, and there are other things like I was like, "What? She told you, but not me." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna say maybe that's a lady thing. Maybe that's just a girl thing. So that's a good that's a good thing to have. Yeah, it's a good thing to have, and so but I've had I have some other friends, you know. With their spouse, they just basically dread going to their in-laws' house. They just dread having to do that, or when they're coming down. So I, I've been I've been really blessed with that as well. So, amen to that, Sherry. 
All right, who has the other prayer? Josh Sharp. I don't praise the Lord for feeling good again. I've been sick all week, so I started feeling better yesterday. Uh, felt great yesterday, and the day I was woke up, well, I didn't wake up, I didn't go to sleep last night, for whatever reason. Apparently, it's something going around, but uh, it just feels good to feel good. Yeah, I'm glad that I, I praise God that he is better. Oh, okay. <laughs> the kids and I were like in the house not going to do anything. <coughs> Finally, he felt better. So Friday we got to take them to um, the trampoline park to exhaust all that energy that they had built up. Built up. <laughs> bonkers in our house. That's a, that's a good way to do it, run their energy out. But then when they do the later, my leg hurts. I was like, oh, no, trampoline park. <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't happen every time. But yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, Josh. Josh sounded pretty sick when I talked to him on Monday. I'm glad everyone's here and guys are better. I hope you're not manning it up to where you're passing it up on everyone else. Oh, you don't don't get your heads up. You haven't escaped it yet. That's yeah. it's not gone. <laughs> I thought it was a cold because New, New Year's Eve. I, I guess I had a New Year's Eve. I thought it was cold. Good morning. I I uh, de-aged 40 years. Started getting a little irritable. Oh, I'm faster. It was till I started getting irritable. It starts getting worse, and then my wife always says, "You know, you're supposed to be the man in the house. If you get sick, you're the biggest baby here." I hate to say that probably, but hey, women don't understand the man cold. God gave women pregnancy to be able to relate with men when they get sick, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so we know how to take care of them because we've taken care of babies before. That's not where I was going with it. But. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Yeah. All right, Daryl's Daryl's got another praise. <laughs> I guess Mutt, the Lord's blessed me with the uh, chance to help others and serve others. Uh, in this church, and then uh, one of them that's not in this church, and they know who they are. I don't have to say anything about them, but I just, I, I call, I just appreciate the opportunity to help. Absolutely, amen to that. All right, Josh, got your hand up again. Uh, I want to praise the Lord for giving me, uh, sending business my way. This year's a month where we do nothing, and we haven't really done much hard anything for the last two or three months, so. You know, to get business now is, is really a godsend. So I yep. praise the Lord for sending my way. Oh, yeah. Well, now it's going January to February. Your business, businesses are about to flourish again. So, yeah. And then uh, Camilla. Well, I praise the Lord that I moved over having a reaction to some new medicine the doctor gave me. And I was so sick uh, Friday night and all day, sat- all day Friday and, and part of the day Saturday. And then it just kind of went away when I, after the I got out of my system. But I was so sick that night, I thought, well, should I call 911 or should I just lay here and hope I don't die or what? It was just, just a weird reaction I was having. Well, I'm glad you're glad you didn't have to go through with that. <laughs> and then uh, who else has a praise? Uh, Clarissa. We had a really good day yesterday. I got to hang out with the teens and uh, we have Gracie with us this morning, so that's a praise. And it was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like, we did karaoke and played volleyball, and I had to step in and play because they were one short, so. Mm. <laughs> Not a bad thing. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Not a bad thing. Made, made your own rules in volleyball? Yeah, because it, it was just. Or made your own rules in karaoke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was just fun. Yeah, well, that's awesome. It. Yeah, the teens are teens are pretty cool to hang out with if you can keep up with them. Oh, uh, Vicky. 
um, praise God for, I've been praying for all three of my sons. My uh, middle son made a profession of faith when he was 16, and I was kind of doubtful that it was sincere, but he said that it was, and he's been talking about, you know, he's got the Lord on his side, and that's not something that, you know, he has been, that he's done in the past. You know, whenever I brought it up, it's like, Mom's got to bring God into everything, and, uh, but he didn't now. He brought it. He brought it up. So I praise God that you know he's moving him along on his journey at his pace, and even though it's not mine. Amen. Be a witness before the Lord. Use words when it's necessary. It reminds me of another phrase I have. I don't know if I shared it or not, but it's worth sharing again. My daughter Kendall. You know, I know she's in prison. You know, uh, lately it's not. She's, all she talks about is God and how she wants to help others and serve others, and help them get saved. And she's like him. She's saying the things that people who just got saved says. You know, and so I'm really happy to hear that those answers, those prayers, are being heard and answered. You know, she's really come a long way. It's not normal for her to say things that she's saying. You know. So uh, I'm just really, I give God the glory for that. Praise, Praise God. Amen. Hello there, Bob. All right, who else has a praise? <coughs> Mary. Yeah, we're talking about sickness. I won't even get sick. Because just a couple of days ago, I saw a feeling my, my heart hurting, my head hurting. I'm trying to bring I said, Lord, what is going on? Are you ready for me? Mm. <laughs> 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 anyway, I asked him to help me. So I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to call him my doctor, my heart specialist, and I'm fine. So anyway, I'm going to see them on the 11th. Okay, right. Yeah, we'll add that for sure in the prayer list as well. Always cry out to the Lord first thing when you feel sick. Lord, help me. Are you ready for me? Yep. <laughs> it's like, I'm on my way home. <laughs> I feel like men would be a, more, a little more dramatic with that one. It's like, I'm sick. I'm on my way home, Lord. <laughs> so, hit him. Uh, Clarissa, your hand went up. Um, I sold my vehicle. Which nice. for, I sold it for more than what I was thinking I was going to get. So ah, I'm very excited, and James's little nephew gets a pretty cool first car. So. Is it the, which vehicle did you sell? The You sold the Sorento? Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, who else has a praise? I got one. Daryl's got it. Another one. Uh, I've been under attack by the IRS. Uh, my business has been. And every week I'll get a letter from them saying, you owe us this much. And Well, the past two weeks, <coughs> I got two letters last week, three letters last week and two letters the week before. Like they're compiling even more and more every week now. And it got so overwhelming. I was just like, when's this going to end? Or, is this the end of me or my business or I just asked the Lord to help me and I took it all to the CPA lady she goes relax you don't owe all this money we'll fix this <laughs> like it was nothing and I was like you know what you're not taking this seriously there and she goes no you're taking it too serious so she she's a Christian too and she she really put me at ease um I, I just that was a huge relief to hear that she can handle all that. I want to praise the Lord for that because I just cried out, Lord. Help me. That was an awful feeling. Man. They what do about that you? just to get you to do what you need to be doing because they don't know exactly what you've done until you send it in. Yep. Well, they're saying I did some stuff I didn't do. I didn't file. It's been saying there's life after death and taxes. So. Mm. 
So, um, Vicki. I just want to um, praise God for for troubles. Uh, about a year ago, all the ladies in the ladies' home team prayed for whatever it takes for our unsafe family members. And my youngest son, Taylor, not only, he made a profession of faith when he was like nine or 10 and was baptized and everything, but I, looking back, I know that it was not genuine. Now he thinks to, that the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was some uh, alien artifact, and that's why they had to carry it in the glass case, and he watches the History Channel, and <laughs> that the History Channel is telling him the truth about, you know, biblical facts, and so he's been going through a lot lately, but I pray for whatever it takes, and I just pray for God's continued hand in his life to bring him to his knees and bring him to salvation. Yep. Amen. It's kind of ironic that the History Channel is one of the worst places you can learn about learn about biblical history. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just is. No, they they, they, they think um, they they think of this mindset is that we don't have official believers being the one presenting us, so they think it's not biased. It's like, but in reality, they're presenting a biased position that doesn't even reflect real archaeological, real Bible history at all. Real so, real real history that's not, and so. But anyways, all right, who else has a praise? Oh, uh, Bob, oh, that Bob's hand, right? Foundation version of it is, I like the stuff out of the house. Mm-hmm. And after that, it went downhill. It wasn't Christian. <laughs> is this praise or a confession? But it was just a train wreck, so, you know, no broken bones, and I'm happy. Okay. Praise the Lord. Did you manage to get back into your house, or are you still locked out? You're still locked out, or did you get back in your house? Okay. Oh, I got you. Ah, I see. Bob climbing the fence. I would have. Did you? Is there some kind of uh, like door cam or something like that that might have captured this? Because I will pay your neighbors to get that footage. <laughs> that gave you that reminder so all right who else has a praise i haven't heard anything from the teens uh, yet i took your praise what was my praise oh that was before no that was before we started class so now you can give the praise that the texans won so i actually am not a fan of the texans so i would just i just enjoy talking to nona about something so all right jack uh, I got a telescope last night, uh, set it all up, and didn't get to use it. It's overcast. So, oh, so I've got something to look forward to. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. There's another praise I think you got on hand. That I happened. got my first gun just last week on Thursday. Man, is that a, a Texas praise? I don't know what else is. AR-15. AR-15. Yeah, I went to shoot it a little bit on Friday. So I actually got to teach my mom a little bit using her handgun. So essentially my mom was like terrified of guns, like don't touch it, all that. And then she was actually just no problem, comfortable, loaded it herself. Everything. So yeah, I think 
I think the way society and the way America is turning, she basically realizes like, I better get one. So, well, yeah, Jack definitely gave a quite a classic gold Texan phrase. So, but amen. All right, who else has a praise? I got one myself. Um, the praise is not so much that my family is gone. The praise is more that it's given me a lot more uh, time to like invest invest in some things. It's given me more rest. And I've been naturally waking up at certain times because normally my kids have woken us up by that time. And so it's like my body and like brain are like wired to attend to them and their needs the first thing in the morning. So it's been nice to have that little break, but I'm definitely ready to get my family back. So Wednesday, I'm driving up there to Alva, and then we're going to come back and be back Thursday night because Naomi has to be at her uh, her CF appointment for Houston uh, this Friday. If we miss this appointment, we don't we don't know if we'll have an appointment for like six months, and so that's why it's yeah the her her specialist had a knee surgery, and so she's trying to catch up on every single prior missed one. There's not very many CF specialists in Texas or like let alone in the world at all. So it's praise God that, you know, when Naomi was diagnosed that we happened to live less than an hour away from uh, the specialists in the clinics that actually know what they're doing with that. When we do, when we've taken Naomi to like Texas children's like ER and everything like that in the past, they're always like, oh, I've never dealt with a patient that had cystic fibrosis, let alone a baby. So, but it's, uh, so we'll praise God in that one. Um, yesterday I spent most of my time down in the Houston area. Uh, there's a Japanese library down there. So I met my friend uh, Pedro, who's also studying the language. And so we got to spend a lot of time there, uh, meet a couple of people, but uh, it was some good, valuable time. So I gave, I, I, I borrowed uh, Daryl's pen ministry and I gave the librarians a bunch of our uh, pens. And so I got to teach them how to use a stylus pen and all of that. And I was like, there's our edges right there when you're in the area. So, uh, but all right. Anybody else going once, going twice, and sold? All right. Acts chapter fifteen thirty six through uh, forty one is the passage that me and the teens. Oh, Jer- uh, Jerry. I want to ask you one something real quick. That, that what Vicky was talking about, believing that the ark is an alien, all that crap. The series Ancient Aliens is on its twentieth season. 20th season. Someone is, someone is, uh, <laughs> they got, they got quite the, quite the money to keep funding that stuff. Acts 15, 36 through 41, um, is the starting passage. And I believe we'll go into 16 unless the discussion, uh, carries on over. But, and we've been in Acts and, uh, prior to what's been going on. So Paul, had his first missionary journey, and there were some people who were involved with Paul. Anyone know some of them? Barnabas. Barnabas is one of them for sure. So Barnabas was accompanying Paul. Is there anyone else that was accompanying Paul during this first missionary journey? Not yet. Timothy's second second one. Was it John? John who? Mark. John Mark. John Mark John is Mark. one guy. John Mark is one guy. So we have John Mark as our other guy who left with them. So if we actually turn back a little bit at the end of Acts 12, that's when we're introduced to John Mark. John 12, 25. It says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. And so we, we typically know him as Mark because our second gospel we turn to in the New Testament it's his account that he got all from Peter. Uh, Peter, Peter, and Mark were very, very close. 
Uh, there's another one who was also pretty close to Mark. And it was that. Starts with the B we talked about earlier. Barna Barnabas. Barnabas, he's also known as the, the son of encouragement. And you might see that a little bit in his character. And so going down to 15, in, in basically this missionary journey, there might have been a twist in how basically things that Ant- when Antioch, that church in Antioch was commissioning out Paul and Barnabas, there might have been a big twist in things of how they thought the results were going to be. Who did the people who sent him probably think we're all going to be getting saved left and right and growing, growing basically the church? Jews. But was that actually the case when it came to basically Paul and Barnabas' missionary journey? No. Jews were getting saved, don't get me wrong. Paul would go straight into the synagogues, and he followed that pattern that he gives in Romans, that he goes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Jews were purposed by God to be a light into the Gentiles. So Paul follows that. And then after a typical what happened is the Jews would give a rejection. So then who would Paul turn to? He turned and preached right to the Gentiles. There was a massive ratio when it came to Gentiles getting saved over Jewish people getting saved. So there probably was a bit of twist coming in there that would happen. And so then, then that eventually led to Acts 15, where they had to bring it back to the Jerusalem Council. And who was actually like your like head guy with it when it came to the Jerusalem Council? You remember who that was? It starts with a J. I'll give you a hint. He is one of the brothers of Jesus. James. James. Yeah. James. He took it to James and the rest of that group and to basically confirm a situation going on. Something that began to uprise among Jewish believers and people, you could say, and Jewish people who might even claim the name of Christ but actually truly did not know him because of a certain a specific reason. So that you have Jewish believers, yes, and now you got Gentile believers. So we accept the Gentile believers into the fold, but there's something that the Gentiles have to get settled first. What was that mindset the Jews said that they had to get settled? Circumcision. Not just necessarily just circumcision itself, but it's the matter of now you got to start keeping the law. It even drew to the point where you had certain men from Judea taught the brethren, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot what? You cannot be saved. That's what they were teaching. Is that true or false? Oh, very, very false. Very false. If the people are still preaching it today in a different way. They're not doing it the same way as keep the law. It's more of you got to start keeping this, keep this, keep this, keep this. Now, keeping the law um, and trying to abide by these things wasn't in itself the wrong thing. They were using it as a means to either be salvation or second as this is how I'm going to gain favor with God. We can even trick ourselves in our mindset. is like, well, if I do this and this and this, then God's going to basically love me more or I'm going to have some kind of favor with him. And that's, and that's not the case at all. Your position in Christ with his righteousness added unto you, that is your position of favor with God. Never your outward works. Now, outward works when it comes to being a believer is walking in fellowship with him. But how does that start? It starts with, starts with confession doesn't start with your own righteousness. It starts with your confession to God, and then you're seeking and you're pursuing righteousness due to right through his strength and his help as well. Go ahead, uh, Jerry. Uh, that's up. funny that they, uh, the Jews wanted to make them do something they couldn't do themselves. Yeah, that's exactly what 
basically Paul responded on to, responded on them. So the, gen, the the irony that Paul pointed out is these Jews are saying you got to keep the law, you got to do all these things, and you got Gentiles who <laughs> didn't have like little to no knowledge of the Old Testament at all or even the law, and you're expecting the people who can't do it to say, well, you guys who don't have the law at all don't know it, you're supposed to do it. And so that's that's where Paul puts it on. It's like well, verse 10 of Acts 15 says. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? So Paul's putting himself in that category as well. And so what? Was, so then letters were sent out, and I believe this is actually what led into the book of Galatians, which Galatians hammers that topic over and over and over. In, in essential, what is, it, what is actually going on when someone says you have to have Yes, faith in Jesus Christ, but you also have to have the works of the law or some kind of works of righteousness in order to be saved. What are they essentially? They're teaching us salvation by works, and there's another phrase that that uses in Galatians 1. Uh, You got your hand up, Bob? Yeah. The phrase is another... I'm sorry? The phrase is another blank. It starts with a G. Okay. Uh, Another gospel. Another gospel. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, All right. For me is uh, today, and they say, if you don't pray... The prayer, a prayer, you cannot be saved. They say, you know, you have to pray. Uh, that's in that's in the same genre as, you know, uh, circumcision. You have to do something uh, to be saved. The only thing you can say is thank you, and you know, uh, accept. The free gift. Yeah. Because if, if you have to pay for the gift, it's not free. Yeah. Oh, for absolutely, you're right on. Yeah. The prayer, prayer, say this certain prayer in order to be saved, and they usually call it the sinner's prayer. Uh, the Bible never teaches prayer is the connection how someone gets saved. The connection is the word pastuo, believe, right. which we accurately believe is the word to be trust, and so as a reflection of what that word is wanting to say. So yeah, praying is often involved in the process, but it's not the prayer that actually is what gets you saved. It's when the heart puts his man, puts his trust in what the <coughs> Lord has done and in the work on his, the work of the Lord, work of the Lord on your behalf. That's how someone gets saved. They don't get saved because they pray. They, they're saved because someone puts their trust in Christ's shed blood on the cross. So that's been a misconception uh, that really seems like America is mo- the nation that really struggles with because you got the popular preachers that present it that way it's really the easy way out to try to kind of teach people about salvation and lead them in they'll say well if you want to be saved pray this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart that's it's really the easy way out it's like and you and, and then they'll give the numbers like at christian concerts and so on they'll say yeah we had seventy-five thousand people saved and they'll just say like because they signed a card that says yes i prayed and it's like click off and then they <coughs> then they do those numbers over and over and over and probably the same people that got saved two years ago got saved at that next concert well, it's, it's, it's really Yeah, and when yeah. someone's already convinced, like, no, I ha- I, I'm definitely saved. I prayed as a kid. I've been in church all my life. And they have all these lists of, you can't tell me I'm not saved. And so that's why in Bible Truths, we, we challenge them in the lesson three at the end. It says, based upon what the Word of God says, are you saved? And we, we basically grill them. as like, does this match? And when we get to, uh, go ahead, Bob, and then Josh. Bob, you had your hand up. Um, young man. 
he said he'd been saved. Well, he had went to the church that I was going to at that time. And that's not to, to doubt my salvation because I don't. But he said he'd been saved in that church 14 times. Oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> so that tells you how good uh, uh, pray this prayer works. If, if you, you know, Christ only died on that cross one time. And uh, I figured once was enough because every time you go up there... In, in theology, when it comes to Christ's shed blood, His, his blood atonement is applied upon you the moment you believe. To basically essentially say is, you basically say Christ has to die again because the blood has to be shed again. And that's where Hebrews 6 lays on. Anyone who uses that phrase, re-saved or saved again, it, that yeah. pretty much tells you this mindset is, it does, that means they're not saved in the first place. Some churches that teach that if you sin, that you have to get saved again. Yeah, teach saved again. Them, yeah. yeah. All right, Bob and then Josh. So Josh Bob, Bob, Josh. Backsliding. Backsliding, yeah. Backsliding is a term that's come from the Proverbs. And right, right. But they, they equate backsliding as not being saved. Yeah, they often do. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, backsliding doesn't actually equal person lost their salvation. It equals, yeah. you know, they've fallen out of fellowship with the Lord and they need some sort of restoration to really get them back in whether it be church discipline or a serious heart-to-heart -heart, you know, confession with the Lord. Uh, Josh, and then I'll go and continue on. So I was going to touch on the, uh, um, the people who think they're saved and don't realize they're saved. I think the, the strongest fight on that is, is what it was for me, the first lesson. You know, you can't trust the Jesus of the Bible if you don't trust the Bible is the Word of God. Right. That broke me half, too. And uh, the one guy that I had the pleasure of walking through Bible Truth lessons with him, that's how that started. I just looked at him, I was like, how would you like it if I could prove to you the Bible was the Word of God? And he lit him up like a firecracker. So I, I'm, it's just my opinion. I think that is the strongest battle against that is because if you're not truly saved, you don't truly believe the entire book is the Word of God. You're going to think there's some type of contradiction because the whole yep. world says it. So I think, I think that's the strongest fight for that. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I like that. All right. Uh, so when we're carrying down to 1536, so he takes it, he takes the, uh, he takes the problem to the Jerusalem council, and I don't think Paul had any doubt in his mind that they were going to have an issue with what Paul was preaching, that it was salvation through Christ alone, not of works in any way, whether it be works of the law or any works of righteousness, that salvation is dependent upon putting your faith and trust in Christ alone in his shed blood. I don't think Paul had any worry if the Jerusalem Council was going to accept that. But what he was getting at was getting that vocal consent from, from the Jerusalem Council, who were high respected by just about all the Jews, all the Jewish believers, to basically show that, hey, don't just think it's Paul's word for it. Look, we got here, we got James's affirmation, everything going on. And so then when we carry on, we see a new person uh, being brought into the mix. Silas is his name. If we see in verse 34, it says, Notwithstanding it, please Silas to abide there still. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. 
36. This is our transition. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. So basically all the cities that you had in the previous chapters in his first one, Paul's plan is basically, you know, go back and see how everything's going. They established the word of the Lord there. The gospels preached. They probably trained up many teachers and leaders. And basically you're going to go back and just see that progress. Sounds reasonable, right? I mean, if you're going to do some missionary work, you don't just want to be like, all right, I just planted that church. I set a pastor. You guys got this. See, I'm never coming back. It's, it's very reasonable you'd go back and basically get things rolling again. Did you have your hand up, Clarissa? Um, we do that, too, with our missionaries. Yeah. I mean, we check on them and make sure that they're soul winning. You know? Yeah, actually, yeah. That's, that's, we, we, still, we make sure they're still soul winning. It's like, yeah, we approve the soul winning missionaries, but is there a continuation in it? So it's, we do that as ourselves. But... And then 37, you see something different that changes. So Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. Verse 38. But Paul thought not good to take with, him, with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. So what just happened here? We have a basically, you can say, a dispute, contentions arising. Basically, you can say high leadership and like the patriarchs of the gospel and basically early Christianity. Paul and Barnabas, who had seemed to have such a strong connection... And they had a strong partnership. I mean, they just, they went through basically getting their lives almost taken from them to hardships, to going through city to city and getting ridicule as well from, from Jews. And now they're in a situation where they're going to go back again to, to where they've preached, go visit the cities again. Barnabas wants to take who with them? John, John Mark. Barnabas wants to take Mark with them. Who does not want to take Mark with them? Paul. I don't know why some people have this idea where it's like, well, I don't know why Paul didn't want to take Mark. It lays actually the reason in there. Verse 38. Look at verse 38 again. Paul thought not good to take with them the same person who is connecting to Mark, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Gilbert. Some of them speculated that uh, they didn't want to admit the Gentiles into the Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people have used that as a speculation that Mark was on edge about what Paul was preaching. That is, a, that is one theory. Yeah, that is one of the theories. What does 38 lay out for us? What was the issue that seemed to be at hand? Follow, what, what do you mean by, the, by that? He didn't want to go with them wherever Mark. they was going. He went his different way. Yeah, during at one point in time. In the past or here, right here and now? In the past. Uh, Jerry? Yeah. Mark, uh, the way I understood that is Mark didn't go on the original work. <laughs> yes, that's actually what happened. Was that the first one? During the first missionary journey, you're going to notice this. It doesn't lay it out directly, but when you start with Mark, with them going on in 13 and carrying on tools 15, who eventually is absent from basically the preaching and the gospel in these cities? Mark. At some point during that missionary journey, Mark actually left them 
and didn't continue with the work. And so that gives a logical mindset to be like, uh, are we sure we're going to take him with us? You know, that seems to be the that's the opinion position that I hold to, that Mark did not continue into their work, and so that's why Paul didn't want to take him with him. You don't really say why, but yeah, it just it did, it doesn't do the direction of why. It's like there was something there. It just says Paul with them, it's, and the description about Mark who departed from them pamphlet and went not with them to the work, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from one another. So, in other words, Paul and Barnabas, they got into it. Here's the, here can be some debate. Who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? Don't know. Someone say, well, it's clearly Paul's in the right. Someone say, well, clearly Barnabas is in the right. Here's the cool part about it. Did God manage to use this situation in such a mighty way? Oh, absolutely. Because if we carry on, you're going to see something. Go ahead, Gilbert. Part of the conflict too was, you know, some of the elements in the background was when Paul was killing the Christians. Yeah. And so, you know, it's uh, personal, individual thinking and opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a lot of things that contributed to me. Remember when Paul was being introduced to the brethren after he was after he came to know Lord as Savior, people were they were like. They were like, hands off, like, are Paul's? Like, are you sure? It's like, this guy was already doing this and this. Yeah, there's a lot of things that could have contributed to the thing. So, Sherry, you got your hand up. It's kind of like here at church, though, whenever we have everybody that's doing their part and then somebody leaves and it just kind of, it kind of hurts us. Mm-hmm. And it was them. They're busy. They're out doing this. They needed him. And, you know, he separated his ways for who knows what reason. But, yeah. I mean, that's... Same thing here. We're all needed. <coughs> yeah, I agree with you. So here, so let's talk about another thing. What was the relationship between Barnabas and Mark? We know Barnabas was a son of encouragement. He was. He could be that mindset. He could have that heart and say like, No, no, Mark is here with us now. Let's give him another chance. Missionary work takes absolute commitment and dedication. And so Paul could have assumed it to be a way. I was like, he's not sold out. It's like, yes, he's our brethren, but he's not sold out for it. And we can't afford to have him basically abandon us again. But especially they can be on even a tougher journey than their last one. And it could be a tougher journey because you had this, you planted those things, you established it. And then when you go back into those cities, it can be the opposition be like, hey, these are the guys who came in here and messed it up in the first place. So what was the connection, though, that could have contributed to Bar- Mar- Barnabas wanting Mark to be with them? Who actually knows their relationship? It does not come from the book of Acts. It actually teaches us this in Colossians chapter 4. I'll read it into you. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Aristarch- um, Aristarchus, forgive my pronunciation, my fellow bre- bre- uh, prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, this is Mark, sister's son to Barnabas. He's his nephew. So Barnabas and Mark are actually blood related. And so you know, y'all, y'all all know how it is. I do it too. There seems to be a bias when it comes to our family. I'm, I'm ready to defend my family first before, even before I receive the facts. That just, Mark is the nephew to Barnabas. Yeah, Mark is a younger guy. He's definitely younger. Um, Josh. You officially painted a picture in my head. I've been trying to get it out the whole time I've been talking, but I can see it now. Paul's down there. Mark's a quitter. 
Parsons yeah. like he's my he's family. He's a little he's a little yeah. off. He's fine. Just give him a little chance. Yeah. Now it's in my head yeah. now. Every time. Every All that basically you see the conversation kind of flowing through. Yeah. yeah, he's a quitter, but he's family. Yeah, it's they they. Yeah. They were planning big things, and yeah, and he he didn't finish. Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, he's gone. He he Paul. Even though it's like Paul seems to be like, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's do the work of the Lord. But with some with something with Mark was not clicking with Paul. It's like he he's not coming with us again. And the contention was so sharp that basically does not just mean like this was not an agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. It was to the point where it's like we're we're parting ways. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to be in those situations, but there there's going to be situations where it is necessary where you got to get into it. You, you got to have some point to where you, you it's split. Doesn't mean it's gone forever, but uh, go ahead, Josh. I feel like I've actually seen an argument like that before. Like when I was younger, mm-hmm. like I could, on a baseball field or something, uh, some kid kept quitting, and one guy was arguing that he was a quitter and calling him not ugly names, but he's a quitter, he's no good, he's not going to make it, and the other guys, just give him one more chance, give him one more chance, it'll be fine. I can just see this argument going on and on, like I've been there before. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, go ahead, uh, yeah, Daryl. Uh, something's coming to mind while we're talking about how they split up. Usually what happens when Christians split up and go their separate ways is the gospel gets spread faster. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe God's planning the whole time to, yeah. to use that. Yeah, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. So, yeah, God God is basically... He's the master. He is the master architect. If you can give it some kind of some kind of earthly description. Paul, like you were saying, he had like an idea of the persecution he was about to face, and he did. I mean, man. Yeah, it's like. And he don't want somebody that's just gonna not have his back. Yeah, he he left. I was stolen three times. Yeah, and Paul chose. Hiding in the bush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so there is. So let's look at verses thirty-nine through forty-one some more. So, and the contention was so sharp, they, just, they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark. So Barnabas was, he was set, he's going to be with Mark. He was set to be with Mark. Whether it be for family reasons, or Barnabas saw other value, and, or Barnabas is just that son of encouragement. He's that very tender-hearted guy. And they sailed unto Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, into, and departed recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God, and were through Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches. So Barnabas and Mark, they went towards the Asia Minor kind of section. And Syria, and then Paul and uh, Silas, they went totally different routes. So where's the good in that? The gospel was getting, getting spread. And from our accounts, we see that there was success with Barnabas and Mark, and Barnabas and Mark doing their separate missionary journey. So only, only one of them was recommended. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of an ironic thing. So if you look back at verse 32 in Acts chapter 15, you actually see two men being introduced. And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. And then we see Silas departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. I don't know if that means directly that the other guy wasn't recommended, but we know Silas was a man of character to where he was recommended to actually be someone to fill in the shoes of Barnabas. 
And we actually get to read about the success of that missionary journey separated out. So Acts 16, you know that famous passage there in Philippi. What happens immediately basically where they're in Philippi? Yeah, after they lead, um, after they lead uh, Tabitha, after they find Tabitha and everyone, and Lady Lystra, they actually come across and get, and they're eventually put in, put in jail or put in prison. And out, out of the prison, we saw the what? The earthquake, the, the 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 chains thing, the earthquake happened, the doors open. Roman the Roman soldier was a dead man, pretty much is a dead man, even though it's clearly not his fault that. The gate split open and his prisoners could have escaped. So they stopped him. Don't give thyself no harm. It's like we're we're all still here. And what was the man's response? I wanted to know what they had. What shall what shall brethren? What shall I do to be saved? That was the man's response into seeing their te- their seeing their faith on display and testimony. And throughout the whole night, they're in jail, but they're praising and singing singing to God. And once again. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you think that you think that prisoner guard was listening to those songs and all those praises? Yeah, yeah. Willingly, or willingly or unwillingly, he was listening to it. <laughs> and so he, so that 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 was one of the amazing things we see between Paul and Silas going on. And so eventually, then you go to Thessalonica, all of these amazing places that we actually read about and that that received letters. Whether it be for good reasons or bad reasons, they received letters. Yeah. yeah, Mary says, don't mess with the Lord. Another way you can put it is, don't tempt the Lord. So, Well, we actually spent a lot more time on this uh, little section uh, than I anticipated, so we didn't actually have to go into 16. So I guess that means the youth and I will continue into chapter 16, you guys. So you guys are just going to leave this class and go join their next one. I'm just kidding. So pastor will be back in the sun. Pastor, pastor will be back. Pastor will be in the pastor will be back in uh, his his studies here, back in the saddle. Lord willing, definitely next Sunday. If he's not here next Sunday, he's really sick. So that's. Paul went uh, through Caesarea, confirming the church. So all that back area towards the Jerusalem, towards under Jerusalem, I believe. Uh, I'll get you some more details, but he he completely departed different ways. I believe Turkey is the area you're going to want to look for. It's one of my favorites. So I, I want to give some final notes that we don't want to look at Mark as, man, what a little quitter. It's like, <laughs> we, we decent. I want to give you some cool final verses in that. If you look at Philemon chapter 1, verse 24, you're going to see something uh, which is later on um, in, in Paul's life. You see this. You see this red. Verse twenty-three. There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. Marcus, who is the same name as is Mark. Astarchus, Demas, and Lucas, which is Luke, my fellow laborers. So Philemon one twenty-four. Uh, Paul is mentioning to Onesimus to basically make mention and make and give give him a greeting, give him a salute. So Mark is mentioned by name. And then if you look at 2 Timothy 4.11, uh, and I think this one's even um, a, better, a better news outcome when it comes to Mark and Paul. So verse 10, he says, for, for, so this is the choice where Paul is writing in Timothy, which is like one of his final, final letters, last words. 
And he mentions, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Verse 11, Only Luke is with me, and he's given this instruction to Timothy, Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So that's one of the... What's that? Yeah. He needed that wake-up call. He probably needed that wake-up call. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall on that, but I'll, I'll definitely I'll research, research that some more. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't recall much of the relationship between Timothy and Mark, unless you're talking about Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy, Paul and Timothy uh, no, not, not, not so much with Timothy. I, I don't think with Timothy. I'll tell yeah, if you've seen Galatians 2, Paul got into it with Peter. Yeah, Paul's just getting into it with everyone. That's, that's what we see. <laughs> but no, we see a really cool restoration, restoration towards the end of things. So what you can kind of concur and do is could it have been a good idea to take Mark with them? It could have resulted well. Or did God use it in a better way to actually have them depart and Barnabas and Mark got to spread the gospel even at a more rapid rate in a whole different region. So, but we do get to see a, at some point, Paul and Mark did reconcile and they, and it seems they have a really good reconciliation for Paul to give that description about him for he is profitable to me for the ministry. That's a pretty cool. So just because you might have a parting ways with your brother, whether it be for good reasons or bad reasons, uh, doesn't mean that the relationship is gone forever. Well, he spoke of the, the two people that left and went back to the world, I guess. Yeah, in that same but passage. He, he, he made it clear to, to send Timothy. Yeah. To, um, he, uh, bring, Mark, bring, bring Mark, take Mark, bring, take Mark and bring him with thee when yeah, to come uh, visit. By my, uh, on um, table TV, uh, I look for Christian shows to watch and everything, so we're not watching worldly stuff. A lot of that stuff isn't very accurate biblically. Some of it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a guy that's doing a one-man show, and he's uh, John Paul on the Isle of Patmos, stranded, and these does does amazing job of representing uh, Paul being uh, on that island and getting home, getting bit by this. Uh, snake and all of that and just all and just one person doing the whole thing it was pretty cool amen